There's more hardware to talk about for the Cleveland Guardians. There were some more interesting releases, some players that stand out, and we're you know, still taking information from the fans for players you would like to hear us talk about on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Uh, I am Jeff Ellis, uh, one of the co-hosts of Lockdown Guardians. I was once voted most likely to play in a World Series when I was in the fifth grade. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, Justin, what are your baseball relations? My baseball relations? Oh, boy. I play. Whatever. I mean, I'm just trying to <laughs> shake it up. I'm going to I'm going to do a different thing every day. This is where I'm oh, I'm interrupting you again. I now I'm going to put myself in like a five minute timeout and then come back. All right. We got to get a chart going for that, too. Um, <laughs> I I uh, I think I broke the record for most walks in a season uh, on my JV team in baseball in high school. I think that was it. it was either tied the record one. or broke the record? I think most walks. I was I was Carlos Santana except I couldn't hit mm-hmm. and I couldn't run. I needed a designated runner every time I made it to first base. <laughs> I turned doubles into singles, um, and then I wrote words because I realized that writing words about baseball was more part of my future than running around a diamond. I think the only thing I ever led my team in was hit by pitches, which is again, not a good thing to lead your team in, but Hey, I crowded. I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, speaking of things that are crowded, uh, this Cleveland roster is crowded with talent. Uh, thanks to Chris Antonetti, who took home the GM of the year award. Uh, people were really analyzing that video. I mean, I was talking to you before the show, you were analyzing it, but there were people who were taking this and treating it like the Zabruder film, uh, First, what are your thoughts on him winning this award? And second, do you think there's anything that can be taken? It felt like GM speak to me to some degree. I think the only thing to take away is that I think maybe Terry Francona has a better chance at winning manager of the year if uh, if Chris Anthony won executive of the year. Although sometimes those are split, but maybe that that's something I took away from it. Yeah, I, a lot of people on that video wanted to like get some tea leaves out of it. Like, oh, this is what he's talking about. There is no... There is no uh, code speak there. It is all word salad. It is all, this is what they do. If you ever listen to any of these executives do radio interviews on local radio, they say a lot of words and they mean absolutely nothing. They give nothing away. There is like no, uh, no context clues. It's just all very basic words. So if you're trying to to read any kind of tea leave from, from this video that he had from the GM meetings, you are just, uh, it's basically a Ouija board is what I'm saying. You're basically, you might as well just put your attention into a Ouija board because that's all you're going to get. No. Yeah. No one's letting anything slip. This is not the old days of baseball, but it well-deserved honor uh, yeah. in general. And I mean, what a well-built team. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Obviously. Okay. So the executive of the year is voted on by other GMs. The GMs are in, other front office members vote on this award. So obviously that means he has a lot of respect around the league. No surprise. Um, Kind of interesting because that award generally goes to somebody who made like 
a great midseason trade or maybe signed some good players in the offseason or made some good offseason trades. Uh, Brian Shaw and Danny, I almost said Danny Jansen, Luke Maley uh, were the only free agent additions last winter, and there were no trades. So I don't know. Was it was it getting Jose Ramirez to love Cleveland? <laughs> is why is that making executive of the year somehow? He is part of the executive team that made Jose Ramirez fall in love with Cleveland. So therefore, that's the biggest coup of all time, and that's why he won. You know, it, I mean, it, it wasn't a major league deal like the other two, but there was also adding Yale. So there were three moves, uh, okay. literally three moves. That was it. Like there were not a lot of even camp invites that I can think about right now. I'm sure there's some that I'm just completely blanking on. But I think it's just like a, a cumulative, like this team succeeded because of what they drafted and developed. Like this was an internally built team. And I think that is what the final award was. And it's like, the pieces that they traded for to, um, I almost said accumulate, to accentuate their internal core, adding guys like Class A. Um, and then also maybe they viewed like the positive. Hey, you know, they locked up Class A. And I know people out there don't love Miles Straw, but he's going to make what, like five, six, seven million while being the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Like that still has value. So, and Jose, you know, which is a, is a pretty big deal. But he, they also, there's been like, what's the big misstep? Is it is it trading Yandy Diaz? Is it, uh, you know, what, is it giving Jake Bowers too many opportunities? Under Mark Shapiro, and this is not the Barry Shapiro, we had many infamous like Guthrie's and Phillips and guys where it's like they kind of quit on them too soon. Or I would even argue in both those cases it wasn't too soon. They hadn't shown like anything, and they needed a change of a scenery. But I think one of the best things about Antonetti is by and large, there are very few slip ups. I know there are people right now screaming about the Tobias Myers deal, but time will tell <laughs> if that's going to come back and actually hurt. And I know there's some people who are really excited about uh, Yainer Diaz, but I don't think he's anything other than a platoon first baseman long-term. So I think maybe the most impressive thing is that there has been no like, Oh crap moment. There's been none of that where you sit back and go, wow, we really, that was a drop the ball move. Yeah. The junior Caminero Tobias Myers thing is really, I mean, I guess you can say, who did they end up moving to get uh, Christian Arroyo and Hunter Wood? What was that? Ruben Cardenas. Yeah. Was that Cardenas. the only move? It was, somebody, was there somebody else in that deal? <laughs> I can't remember um, now, but, and then, uh, well, I remember like Nathan Lukes for Brandon Geyer, right? Um, yeah, Nathan Lucas is still around, Lucas, but he's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so maybe it was Ruben Cardenas just for. Uh, I, I keep wanting to say Carlos Arroyo, but it's Christian Arroyo because Carlos Arroyo was the Cavs point guard at one time. Christian Arroyo mm, and Hunter Wood, from and Puerto they, Rica. yeah, those uh, those two guys are long gone. Car- Christian Arroyo played one defensive inning for Cleveland in his career, and then. Hunter Wood was pretty forgettable, but to be fair, Ruben Cardenas has not broken out the way I thought he would. I, I still think I have, I have a lot. Of, I have some faith there that he'll do something, but he won't end up being as good as I thought. But uh. um, so the full deal there, uh, not to interrupt, was Christian Arroyo for with traded by with Christian Arroyo to for Ruben Cardenas and international bonus slot money, um. Hunter Wood was, you know, they were him and Maton were spin dudes. That's all it came down to. They were spin rate guys are hoping to find it back when this bullpen was a disaster show. Uh, and one could argue that honestly, like Christian Arroyo is someone that like a top five miss for this franchise. Um, 
just because he's been useful. He's not necessarily been great, but he's been about an average bat. He wouldn't have played here because I think he's playing second base mostly. Uh, I guess he plays all over. He's played some outfield last year. You know, he played all over, but maybe there's a bigger, like, what do you think? Uh, Am I being outlandish or is Christian Arroyo in the last five years, actually one of the top five ones who got away, which again, speaks to how good uh, a job he's done. Let's see. Yandy Diaz. I would probably put Jesus Aguilar over that. Um, I, I have a hard time guessing who else. What else was a mess? Aguilar, Diaz. Who else was a mess? That's the problem. Like, right? Like, yeah. I, I, I struggle to think about uh, who would be. It just has not felt, uh, you know, if, if Hiram's listening, he's screaming, you Chen Chang. Uh, but. I mean, you could argue that. Jake Bowers was a miss in terms of what he coming in. I mean, it was, yeah. we're talking about the guys they, that left without a chance, but you can argue Jake Bowers was a miss period. And um, Brian Shaw yeah. this year was a miss uh, at the cost, things like that. But yeah. I, like I said, those are the deal. You They're can deal with misses. the one year of Shaw. Yeah, this is, it's so, but it's, that's, that's the wonderful thing, right? Like that is why he deserves an award like this is because I, that no one else has that level of constant consistency. No one. Yeah, this kind of feels like an overall encompassing award. Just a lot of, I mean, obviously a lot of respect for a team that was that had 17 rookies and was the youngest team in baseball. I think I saw today the youngest team in baseball ever to make the playoffs, like younger than the 68 Mets, or was it was it the 86 Mets or the 68 Mets? I always transpose those two. I think it's 86. I think, yeah, wasn't 86. was it 86 because they also had the advantage Mets. of like 19 year old Doc Gooden or something like that. Yeah, I had, okay, yeah, it was 86. I don't know why I got that mix, messed up. Yeah. So they're the youngest team ever to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think I think it's just uh, maybe more about the respect for the organization and Antonetti and the stability and, like you said, just continue to run a, a good ship. Um, obviously, to make the playoffs. If he didn't make the playoffs, he wouldn't have won the award. But um, it's probably more about respect, really, and the consistency versus any flashy moves because, obviously, there were no flashy moves, so. Um, I don't know. Maybe that bodes well for Terry Francona. It's not that it matters. We, uh, like we said the other day, the manager of the year award is like one of the most, you know, great, great for whoever wins it, but it's one of the most um, hard to pay attention to awards and awards. We just don't, don't matter. Um, so maybe that means Francona will win the manager of the year. If, if people feel the same way, although that's, that's voted on by writers. So worth, worth noting though, it's Nettie won the sporting news executive of the year. And he won the like official award too, that's voted on by his peers. So I don't know who votes in the sporting news one, um, but, or if it's just handed out by the sporting news, but um, Jody Garrett yeah. lovers. Back to Jody Garrett again. Oh boy. Well, he won the sporting news rookie of the year. He didn't win the American league rookie of the year. Just one of those. Did CC Sabathia win that one too? Cause that was the year that Ichiro was a rookie. I don't know. I don't know who Garrett. I don't know who Garrett lost to in the American League. I, I got to be honest. I, I don't know. I just remember that he won the Sporting News uh, Rookie of the Year because I think it was Angel Barroa. Gosh, Kansas City has a weird shortstop history, don't they? <laughs> like I mean, Mike hey, Aviles, Angel Barroa, uh, Unietsky Betancourt. Um, oh, jeez. Alcides Escobar. Alcides Escobar. Uh, it's a weird shortstop history there. It has a super weird shortstop history. Angel, Angel, and Halboro. I did win rookie of the year in 03. So good call. To be fair, neither neither of those have neither of those guys ended up having good careers. No, so it was it was worth. pretty much 
right downhill after that. Um, but there is definitely feels like a degree of curse. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. look at what happened to Pat Listash. Look what happened to Bob Hamlin. Look what Sandy happened Elmer. to Angel Barroa. Well, Sandy Elmar won. So it's like when Cleveland, well, I mean, maybe you could view it as a curse with his health, but it's like all the guys who beat the Cleveland players, it's like, it's like Bob Hamlin, Pat Listash, Angel yeah. Barroa. It's like right off a cliff for all oh, of yeah. those guys. Did Bob Hamlin beat Manny Ramirez? Is that yeah. what it was? Oh my and, and god! He had the, he, in fairness, he did have the better year. Like if you go and you look at those numbers, he had a phenomenal yeah. year that year. But, but I mean, that's he wild. Never, yeah. No, it's this that's is wild. the stuff that lives in my head rent free. I don't. I, it's you know, it's there. Uh, you know, it's, but I think to sum it up, there's a sense of safety and security. You have Chris Antonetti running your team, and if you want a case of safe if you want to have that type of safety and security there's one place to go and today's show is brought to you by simply safe uh you should have seen that coming from a mile away but our good friends over at simply safe have the number one security system by u.s news and world report as i've mentioned before i go to u.s news and world report for every major purchase i buy i put that much stock in that company on top of that simply safe has been the leader like any podcast you listen to, if it is a podcast of note like this podcast, then Simply Safe is on their advertising. And how do you have the ability to advertise on, you know, for everything from WTF to Lockdown Guardians? Because you have a good product. Like if you're doing it for years and years, you have a strong product. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's just a nice, happy feeling in your heart. That's why friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. And I kind of already told you why I love it. It was named the best home security system by U.S. News and World Report. In 2022, by the way, that is the third year in a row. Don't miss your chance to say big on the security system. I recommend get 50% off the new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash today slash uh, locked on MLB today. There's no bigger discount. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simply safe, S I M P I L I S A F E dot com backslash locked on MLB. There's no safe like simply safe. And simply, let's talk about uh, some uh, players who were let go or decided to go on their own. Do you want to start with Pollock just because it affects Guardi- uh, Guardian's rival? Yeah, I, I saw from White Sox Twitter some people who cover the White Sox, uh, some of their blogs out there and uh, their podcasters who were surprised that A.J. Pollock opted out of his deal. I think it was a pretty thirteen significant million. Yeah, it was quite a bit of money. I uh, thirteen million. Yeah, I mean he had an okay year. He hit. Uh, no, he did not have an okay year. Well, no, he had a he had terrible OPS. Year. Okay, yeah. That's I don't know why he did. He must have really hated his time there. That's the only reason I can see because he was bad. He has been injury prone for large chunks of his career, and he's in his thirties. He's not getting thirteen million. I he's thirty four years old. Yeah, I, it makes no like I he must have really hated his one year in Chicago. That's the only thing that makes sense, though. He did. So I guess here it is. So he declined 13 million and got a five million dollar buyout. So question then becomes, I guess this makes more sense. I didn't realize the buyout was that large. He's betting that he can get more than eight million in free agency. I don't know if he can. I mean, at this point, in his career, he's basically a platoon bat. He can hit lefties. Yeah. 
defensively, he's not great. He's got a good arm, but everything else in the field's not good. Um, 11 of his 14 home runs. He had a great, he had great numbers against lefties. I mean, a, uh, a 935 OPS, 11 to 14 home runs against lefties. I don't know. Is some team going to pay him $8 million just to play against lefties? No. Especially because the defense so. isn't there. Yeah, he's he's basically a DH. Like, he's a, uh, a lefty masher DH. That, to me, screams $5 million. Like, I would – five? I don't think I'd go six. Not, and he's going to get one year. He's not going to get two. So, um, very weird. I for sure thought he'd – so, you're right. He must have paid at Chicago, I guess. Yeah, even with the buyout, I don't think he gets eight. I mean, he should get something kind of close to what Carlos Santana gets. They're very similar in terms of like Santana's a little would, older, but you know, lefty masher who's kind of more DH than anything else. I would argue that Santana's defense at first base is more valuable than Pollock's lack of defense in the outfield, though Pollock does have a good arm, but so does Santana. But uh helps the White Sox. That's going to maybe clear some spot, some space them for the payroll. Um, and in the outfield too. So um, I think I saw their GM today talking about how um, they expect o- Oscar Colas, Colas, Colas to be a factor in the outfield next year. That he didn't say that he would break spring training with the team or anything, but he'd be a factor. So this certainly opens that up for for the White Sox. And their goal was to get younger and more athletic. Obviously, after what Cleveland did to them, after they crumbled against uh, Cleveland's young and athletic and good base running. So. Uh, yeah, AJ Pollock just helped them out a ton. Very strange. Very strange. They had the seventh highest pay, uh, payroll in baseball last year at 196. Current projected commitments for next year are 165. Uh, I think most White Sox fans want Brandon Nimmo. Uh, you know, yeah, you could get him with that. I don't know if they're going to splurge or what they're going to do. It is. Uh, listen, Andrew Vaughn was great, uh, Jose Abreu was great. Playing them, one in you know, playing him in the outfield for Vaughn was not great for their team as a whole. They need to let him play first base, but they're going to be weaker potentially offensively. And you know, they also let uh, Josh Harrison go, which I got, but I mean, he was effective. Like he was not a bad signing in the end for them. He filled in as needed. Uh, isn't Grandel a free agent as well? So I mean, they've got a lot of spots to fill on that team. You look at that lineup. I mean. I know this is locked on guardians, not locked on white Sox, but that is a team with more offensive question marks and answers. And that's, uh, I, I, in their minors has been tapped. I, I mean, they have, they have Yoke, Yoke Cespedes and they have Oscar Colas coming. So, I mean, those are two spots they relatively could have gains at. And at some point they'll hope that, um, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert can play full seasons. Who knows what they can, but that's probably what they're banking on. And I don't know if that's a good thing to make on. Yeah, but um, we'll see. Maybe that gives them. They don't have much else to trade from. Those are their big chips, right? So, uh, yeah. Well, uh, Colson Montgomery, Brian Ramos are probably like the big name guys, prospect-wise. Jose Rodriguez, I know, had a good year. Raised some eyes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's they basically, you know, they basically need a new outfield. And it's it's going to be interesting, like because it's one of those things. It's like Gavin Sheets, if he is back, is an outfielder. That's I mean, then they're doing the same thing they've done before. So it's like if they're going to run Sheets and Vaughn, that has to be your first base DH. That means they need. I mean, then you got Eloy Jimenez in left field, who's essentially a DH, and you know, like you said, Luis Robert, and then they still need somebody who can handle right, and the infield's kind of a mess. They don't have anyone at set. Like I said, this is not a team that 
is necessarily set up to be, you know, the things aren't quite as cut and dry as we thought it was a year ago. They're going to sign Jack Peterson. I would, I would think think so. Yeah. And I just saw a comparison to that. Jack Peterson got $6 million coming off a very similar year to AJ Pollock. And he only got 6 million from the giants. So, um, Jack's younger though. Yeah, no, I think I think Jack, they'll they'll sign Jack and he'll get a nice deal from the White Sox. But uh, the other one that I that stood out to me too was the um, well, he didn't get well, he didn't get let go. Is there anybody else that got let go that, you, that stood out to you? Because the other two are guys that I haven't been let go or will not be let go. Are there ones that stood out to me today? Yeah, uh, I was just uh, Cole Calhoun was a little bit interesting. The Rangers declining his option. It's only five point five million, and he wasn't. Oh, no, he was awful last year. It was two years ago that he was good. Uh, it was with Arizona. So I guess it was more um, now I don't have to worry about getting Cole Calhoun questions for one offseason. Uh, you know, he was like the first of those signings last year for Texas, um, which didn't see a whole lot work out for them. And then I know Jimmy Nelson wasn't very good, but he was at least a few years ago. He had been you know a solid performer out of the bullpen. Uh it felt like with, was it, you know, it, yeah, 2017 with Milwaukee, he got Cy Young votes as a, as a starter in 20, 2017. Uh, it's been health issues constantly since then. So I get why the Dodgers decided to give up and move on. But that being said, in 29 innings pitched this year, he had a 1.86 ERA, a 13.7 strikeout per nine, a 4.0 walk per nine, and his FIP was 189. So he had a 189 ERA and 189 FIP and, the Dodgers did not pick up his options. That one was a little bit surprising and it was only a $1.1 million um, option. So it was not even that expensive for a guy who in 30 innings, I mean, I feel like a lot of teams would have taken that for a million. I agree with that. Cleveland probably went too. I mean, if he's a guy at the back end of your, or the, the back, I shouldn't say back end seven, eight, nine, but back end of your bullpen, like the eighth man out of your bullpen, I would take that. I guess that means he'll probably won't get one million on the market. I don't know. That's interesting. Um, Sorry, my old co-host has definitely been trying to get on mic all day today, so I'm just yeah, I see that hang out. Um, your old co-host doesn't interrupt you. Um, actually, yeah, they do. Uh, the other two ones that stood out to me today too is that well, this is other news. So Colton Wong had his option picked up by the Brewers, ten million dollars. You and I were talking before we started recording that. Um, I've been, I keep paying attention to what the Brewers are doing this off season, but I got, I got it wrong. I thought their payroll, the, I saw a tweet from the Brewers beat writer for the Milwaukee journal Sentinel saying that, um, the Brewers payroll right now with arbitration without any additions would be like 120 million. I thought that's gotta be high for the Brewers. Well, it turns out their payroll this year, you said it was 137. So maybe, maybe the Brewers are just going to run it back and not add anything of uh, value. They like you said, they got to get a backup catcher. But I thought maybe the, the Cleveland could benefit by by the Brewers maybe shuffling the deck. But I kind of wonder if they're going to run it back now. Now that I know what their payroll was, and then the other one was was Danny Jansen. Uh, not not specifically Danny Jansen, but there was some news that um, the Blue Jays would try to trade one of their catchers uh, or to shore up other areas. And while we're talking about this, can I do my PSA real quick? Oh, shoot. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, can I throw it? Okay. When it comes to rumors, and this was brought up by, uh, well, I brought it up, but this was sparked by 
our Locked On Pirates host, uh, sharing uh, John Morosi's tweet about how the Pirates are not expected to trade Brian Reynolds this offseason. Um, and they expect to contend with him before he reaches free agency after the 2025 season. Um, that's silly in itself. But always remember with these rumors, this is like, you know, the same thing as trying to figure out the t- what what uh, Chris Antonetti is or isn't saying in his video with his hidden messages. But um, when it comes to rumors, always I always operate with, who does this rumor benefit? Okay. When this room, when these kind of new like news items, like, you know, Oh, the pirates aren't going to trade Brian Reynolds. Oh, the blue Jays are expected to trade from their catchers. Um, catching depth. Who, who, who do those rumors being out benefit? You always got to ask yourself who, who benefits from this being talked about or being the rumor. It's always creating leverage. It's either rival executives saying that to try to make something happen or put some news out there or, it's it's the internal GM, you know, leaking it to a reporter and trying to create some some demand or something. Um, so always always think about and always consider the source too. I will say, among reporters in Cleveland, not, I shouldn't say Cleveland in general. Um, I only have notifications on Twitter. I hope Twitter lasts a lot longer, but um, I only have notifications set up for Jeff Passan and Zach Meisel. So uh, just to tell you where I, I, I trust news from, not that I don't trust any of the other Cleveland writers or not, a, not a shot at them or any other national writers, but those are the two people I trust the most when it comes to baseball news and Cleveland baseball news. So always consider the source and always consider who it benefits, but uh, uh, also don't expect Cleveland to trade for Danny Jansen. I looked at, we looked at the defense the other day and it wasn't pretty. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I had, again, thank you, Hiram, for all the kind words. I love to tease you on here because I love to tease everyone. I had Byron get, or Hiram get on me uh, because he's a backup. I just want to say, if you're a backup, doesn't affect your value if you're good. Like his war was still higher than like all but 10 catchers in baseball. And he's still going to be expensive to get. He's not someone you're going, you're not getting him for, you know, he's not the same cost as Luke Maley because they're both backups. You know, it doesn't baseball right. doesn't work that way. Uh, but yeah, no, he doesn't, he doesn't have great framing data. He doesn't, there are a lot of things that don't quite line up. Catching's tough. Um, you know, why don't we take our break here and then come back and talk about some of our other points? Cause we still haven't taken break three, but I'm just going to say, you know, I was trying to find like an under the radar catcher. Guess what? There isn't one. It's kind of Sean Murphy or bust. And uh, mm-hmm. we're going to take a break while you think about, that on today's Locked on Guardians. Hey, we're back. So yeah, catching market. It's going to be rough because catching is awful. Um, While I agree with the general idea of like, watch your sources, like Cleveland does not ever make a move before December. So don't expect anything because it's not coming. That is not how they operate. Uh, Our only breaking news this month is um, rule five listing, though I will say, uh, I believe Eniel de los Santos might have been in November last year. I could be wrong on that, but I feel like he was in November when he signed. I will have to double check. So you might be see something along those lines. But this team waits on the sidelines. They are like the – they're not a predator. They're a scavenger, and they're waiting to see whose carcass is left for them to pounce on. Uh, but, you know, they, they've made some attempts. Uh, I still think, again, like we – you know, like I talked about, catching is really weak. 
Uh, off air, we were talking about like if you're Toronto, who would you trade? And I argued maybe Moreno because he has the highest trade volume because catching prospects are weird and some fall flat on their faces and catching prospects fall flat on their faces at a higher rate than any position, even pitchers. So, you know, it, Cleveland is far from assured anything a catcher right now. Like Bo Naylor could be fantastic. He could also be, I am, like I said, I'm just the king of nervousness with catching. So it'll be interesting to see what they do because they're going to have to do something because there's a very good chance we're going to have the only catchers on roster in another week being Lavastida and Naylor. But uh, what are the points that you want to go back to and hit as we kind of round out this show today? No, I mean, just with the catching is it's going to be rough. It's, it's, uh, and you're right. This team doesn't do anything before December, and I don't think anything is going to happen. And look, things don't even happen at the winter meetings. Like you occasionally get a few contracts to winter meetings, not from Cleveland, obviously. Um, I think what was the Edward Encarnacion sign that was after? That was before Christmas, but not yeah, it was December again. Yeah, the yeah. Gomes trade is. Uh, I I didn't keep it up. There was a gentleman who I feel bad. He actually like wrote them all on a list and. Uh, I saw that someone retweeted Quincy, I think retweeted it. And it was, you know, he pointed out that it was, they, they've done one thing. Uh, yeah. The Jan Gomes trade to Washington is when they yeah. is the one that happened before the winter meetings. So, and, and I don't expect anything to happen at the winter meetings either. So uh, it'll just be a lot of noise. And, and like, and this is, this goes along with the PSA earlier is um, if you hear any rumors from anybody about, oh, Cleveland is interested in this player, or, you know, Cleveland's going to trade this. When when things happen with Cleveland, they're not in the news. They just happen. That's why I said, when Jeff, if Jeff Passan says it, you can believe it. Anybody else says, oh, Cleveland is, you know, rival executives believe Cleveland will do this. I mean, how many times did, again, not not nothing against John Morosi. I have a lot of respect for Morosi because he is a, a bilingual reporter. Yes. He can conduct Spanish interviews with, with Spanish players. And that's, that's amazing. Um, but how many, how many times like during the 20, 2019 off season or 2018, 2019, it was before 2020. How many times did he have the, the then Indians trading Corey Kluber to the Dodgers? Like he had Corey Kluber to the Dodgers, like, I don't know, a couple different weeks and it never happened. So, uh, and maybe it was close to happening and it fell through, but um, that's why I just say like, you know, Jeff Passan, Zach Meisel for Cleveland. Um, but Cleveland's almost never involved in rumors. It doesn't, it's usually smoke because they're trying to, you know, create a market or someone's using them as leverage or it just happens out of nowhere. Mike Clevenger thing, I know everyone was speculating about it because of the, the, the protocol thing, but that just kind of happened out of nowhere. Trevor Bauer, everyone kind of knew. Cleveland would trade him, but that there was no like weeks of like oh, rumors to go to this team. It just happened. So uh, same same thing here. So can I throw and, a? Uh, oh, go ahead. I interrupted. No, you. I'm good. Nope, I'm uh, good. So you know, just kind of put a bonnet on our catcher talk and maybe a bonnet on the episode. So I was kind of curious, uh, and man, I'm really sinking in my seat here. Uh, I don't know. Long day, right? <laughs> but I was looking at the framing data. And the number one framing uh, catcher frame uh, person was Jose Trevino. Uh, It's interesting. Look at Sean Murphy is sixth. Alejandro Kirk, by the way, fifth. So just throw that out there. Uh, Cal Rally four. But two is Jonah Heim. And I just want to take a second and maybe talk about Jonah Heim. If I'm hopefully I'm saying his name right. Uh, His I was curious to compare his pop time uh, to see if he also stands out in that area. 
but switch hitter was about league average this year. The Rangers also, you know, made that trade last year to get Mitch Garver. Uh, they have uh, Sam Huff around as well somewhere. Do you think there's a world where they trade Jonah Heim? And maybe to follow that thought up, because here's the thing. He has five years of team control, good framing data, switch hitter. Could be a natural kind of fill-in for uh, that Hedges backup role. Is there a world where Heim for Plesak works? Texas' is starting pitching, by the way, for next year is John Gray, Dane Dunning, Glenn Ott, Cole Raggins, Spencer Howard. If I'm the Tiger, or the Tigers, if I'm the Rangers, I might ask for Cal Quantrill. And that's probably, I don't know, that might be too much. But um, I, I wanted Jonah Heim last winter, winter before the uh, before the Rangers got him. And I thought Ahmed Rosario to the Athletics made a lot of sense uh, at the time. Uh, when they traded, when they still had Jonah High, and that's who we talked about. But um, yeah, I think they'll ask for more. Like we just talked about catching as a wasteland, right? If, and Jonah High clearly has value. Any any catcher with value, I think, is going to have a higher market this offseason than than you would think. So I would think that Zach Plesac doesn't bring back as much as people think. And like you just said, Heim has five years of control left, right? So. A young catcher who is good defensively, I think, is going to be a lot more expensive return wise than a, than a R. What is Blesak? Arb two or Arb one? Uh, he's Arb one, but being paid like Arb Arb two because of that situation um, okay. where he was sent down. You know, and then yeah. he's a league average pitcher. You know, he's league average arm, and he's an Arb eligible. If it was like, yeah, that's why I think it would be better if it was Cal Quantrill because the talent difference. So. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is his uh, his pop time was actually uh, lower than Sandy Leon's this year. Uh, oh, what was that? Heim's pop time was lower than Sandy Leon's. Lower as in faster or slower? Slower. Oh, okay. Didn't see that coming. Uh, but it's still like a light red. It's it's one nine nine. He's he's with Kirk. You know, we talked about anything with Kyle sub Raleigh. two. Um, anything sub two. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I, I I think, I don't know, maybe I'm putting too much value on Mitch Garver, but I think that while we're all looking at Sean Murphy for very good reason, that maybe there's a world where Heim makes sense. Maybe there's a world where uh, there is a deal that you can figure out just because Texas is bad enough with Weird. their pitching and Cleveland has enough depth that maybe there is, you know, maybe it is, maybe it is that kind of fabled deal with, uh, uh, someone like Miklo Jack or Miziasic or someone like that is a player to be named mm-hmm. later, as well as like a a Plesac. And I don't, I guess I'd have to really look at the Rangers roster. This is just me at the end wanting to throw something out there. But uh, anything else to to add in outside of uh, do, are you agreeing with me that maybe this should be target number two at catcher? If uh, ignore Danny Jansen, ignore some of the other ones, it may be a more realistic. They've got to do something, so I don't know. I mean, I think we both think that Christian Vasquez is probably out of their range too, right? If it's not Sean Murphy. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to get more money than they're comfortable with. Because he's a free agent. And I mean, heck, Roberto Perez got like $4 million last year, right? When he hit open market, which was kind of maybe they'll bring Maybe they'll bring Roberto Perez back. I don't know. I mean, it has to be a minor league deal after all the injuries yeah, he's had. He's, uh, I can he's, see he's that. been made of tissue paper. Unfortunately, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't think they'll sign. I Omar Narvaez is interesting, 
but I don't think Cleveland will sign him just because he's left-handed and you want to have Naylor with another left-handed catcher. Maybe it doesn't matter. I know some people have said Mike Zanino, but I, I don't. You know, Mike Zanino's had some injury problems lots and lots of health. And man, he strikes out a lot. I don't know. I know the team put up with it with Austin Hedges, but um, I don't know. I guess it's also a shoulder issue, which he had. Th- That's the first I've seen from a, from a position player. Mike Zanino had thoracic syndrome surgery. Is that the same as thoracic outlet? I think it's similar. And I think there's someone else um, who I can think of, I can't think of right now who is a position player had it. And I'm blanking. I feel like it was an outfielder. Um, yeah, Tucker Barnhart would be interesting. I don't know. I, I like, like we talked about. That. I think it's really, uh, I think it's Murphy or bust. I don't know. So Tucker Barnhart was so bad offensively this year again, yeah. but and that's the thing. It just it's so bad. The catching position is so awful. Like it's, like if it's there's Murphy. one t- takeaway, it should be that the catching position is an utter complete total wasteland. And to go back to a point we made weeks ago, I know we're going long, but sometimes people like this. Uh, if you get Sean Murphy and Bo Naylor turns into a star, guess what? Great problem. Sean Murphy still has huge trade value because this whole position is a wasteland. It has been a wasteland. It will remain a wasteland. And if you turn five prospects, yeah, if you turn four prospects into Sean Murphy in two years, you're still going to get four really good prospects. And you've also cleared up some of your 40 man issue for the time being. So it's even kind of helps you in a, a secondary bonus way of filtering things. For a little bit though you'll probably still have the same issues in four years but yeah no matter what happens good catching is always valuable, valuable. right and if, you, if you're committed to winning with shane bieber i don't know what they'll do like it kind of seems like the cleveland thing to do to play one more year with him and then trade him next offseason maybe they will um but even so one or two years of sean murphy with shane bieber and then um you know jose and Quan and what else maybe you can do it just makes too much sense and they're and there's no guarantee Bo Naylor is ready this year. And even so you can still, we talked about, you can still find enough of them to a bats for them to go around for both of them. So um, there's, there's nobody else. And this is a, a major upgrade for them. I think people just really underrate how good Sean Murphy can be for this team. So um, yeah, it's Sean Murphy or bust. Yeah. It's uh, you know, it's kind of a, it's just how it shapes up. You know, it's going to be interesting with that position uh, in general uh, across the board. And we'll see what other team, you know, I mean, look at the Yankees. Uh, they may decide, you know, they got Volpe. Everyone thinks they're going to go crazy on a shortstop. What happens if instead they decide to go crazy on a catcher? Like, I mean, they have needed a reliable catcher forever. I, I think this Murphy sweepstakes could get interesting is what I'm going to say, but let's keep it under 40. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis, and I'll speak for Justin here. Uh, thank you for listening. Remember, interview, download daily. It helps. Subscribe on the YouTubies. We are getting close to 1K, which is extremely helpful for us. We greatly appreciate it. Anyone who has not subscribed, signing up. Hey, make some burner accounts and sign up. Whatever works, we will take all subscribers. And the way we end every show, go, go, Guardians, go.